You do. I just do that over and over again. <laughs> you know? And that was a, uh, a track that we put a lot into and uh, simply because we like the song. And it's lasted, I don't know, what, since the 80s? I guess we're, I guess that song has lasted about almost 40 years in terms of just being a recurring favorite. And different people, you know, see different things. But uh, no one's done it like that. And I would uh, tell you, if you can find a better version, go go, go find it. You won't. And, uh, you know, at least I'll just call them as I see them. You know, not every track we do. A track I do is just silly, but that one uh, actually worked uh, on it. Trish worked hard on it, but uh, the mix is what's so good about that one. And it's uh, very, very balanced. And had lots of dynamics, which I I think are just great. But that those take time. Those dynamics of soft and loud, soft and loud, but still not too soft, and then not too loud. And those take time to to you know what I mean. The, the more the more complexity you have, the more you know the more time you spend uh, you know at the mixing board, and then. You know, once it's mixed, of course, there's, you know, trying it out for the master and then, you know, realizing you have to re-EQ stuff and, you know, you don't want that bass, you know, kick drum to be, you know, blown out the bottom end and all, you know, it's, yeah, it took a lot of work. But anyway, it's really, gosh, it's held up so well. It sounds so good today. I don't think people put that much time into music today. You know, I think that's one of the different, that's that's why it sounds different. That's why it sounds so so polished because... Uh, you know, the, today the, the songs are quickies. And let's let's get to the real subject at hand. Um, you know, the reason that that song stood out to me today was because uh, uh, we're dealing with Hollywood, right? We're dealing with, uh, you know, a song that was made famous in the, the TV show, Miami Vice, is where that, that became famous. And we're talking about an actor's strike and a writer's strike both at the same time and um i'm here to celebrate that i think that's great uh you know i i just i don't really see the need um for the you know celebrity actors at all you know or for that matter celebrity directors or anybody else who wants to be a celebrity i think you're a filmmaker you're not a filmmaker that's just the way the bottom line whether you act or whether you you you're a writer, which is a very noble profession that they you know shit all over, and shit all over writers. And um, you know, I just think burn the whole thing to the ground, just burn it to the ground. I hope they never. It's like San Francisco; it's never going to come back. And um, let Netflix and all these other you know these other dumb out these the mediocrity factor of you know mediocre outlets like Netflix and Prime and all that, and all their you know all their greenlit caca that they put out there. Let them go scramble around trying to get content. Go back three, four, five years and pick up films that they passed over that were probably pretty good, but, uh, you know, there was too many ideas in there. There It was too provocative. It was too original. Because when you take a chance, just like, well, we didn't Girl Next, you know, we definitely took a chance and it had some experimental aspects to it. They didn't want. They want conformity. They wanted to conform. They wanted to be boring. They wanted to be predictable. They wanted political correctness. 
They didn't want, you know, pushing the envelope. They don't want a Stanley Kubrick again. They don't want another David Lynch. They just want, you know, shit to put on the screen and sell their subscriptions. And so if I were the actors, I would just probably, you know, want to become a producer and, and, and start, you know, trying to make my own films because uh, there really is no point working there. I mean, the, the biggest thing they have is Oppenheimer and, and, and that's Christopher Nolan. And will that be good? I don't know. He's their only big artsy director right now. And I understand that he, he, uh, they, they screen the film. No, I mean, Oppenheimer, it's another obvious, you know what I mean? It's another obvious, you know, retelling of history and, you know, it's a, they've done Oppenheimer several times. And, um, you, you know, again, it's going back to the same old boring stuff. And, I mean, Oppenheimer, right on the surface of it, sounds boring to me. Completely boring. As does everything that James, James Cameron, you know, Cameron puts out. And Avatar and all that. And, and Star Wars and Star Trek and all this shit. And it just, it's just gotten to be one big clown show. One big cartoon. And so... You know, in other words, is anyone challenged? No. Is anyone challenged to go read a book or something or to go look at something or research something? No. It's just entertainment to pacify the audience. And then, you know, an excuse to pay these uh, faces that they've decided are the stars, you know, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars more than they're worth, uh, you, you know, in some kind of a, you know, pyramid scheme. <laughs> I don't, you know, let them strike. They need more money. They need more mansions. They need more yachts. They need more private planes. Leonardo DiCaprio won't be happy till he has at least two more planes. And quite frankly, I don't care if I ever see that guy. I don't care if I see any of them again. Because I've seen them. I know what they can do. They're pretty good. But there's other people out there that deserve a shot too. And I'd like to see them have a chance. Rather than just the same old, same old, same old boring shit over and over and over again. It never used to be that way, folks. You know? It, it just got into that corporate complacency because of companies like Netflix that don't know anything about movies. And they've proven that. They don't know anything about they don't know anything about the moving image. They know nothing. And Prime knows nothing either. So now you've got these two giant outlets that are putting out material, you know, constantly. And um you know, it's 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 uh I guess it's mildly entertaining to the point where I mean it's something to watch. You know, and then they were surprised at the, uh, at the, uh, you know, the sound of freedom that it did so well, but did, will they ever think, well, gee, maybe that was a breath of fresh air and maybe that's what we need to start thinking about a breath of, you know, trying some original stuff, you know, trying some things that, you know, shock like Kubrick or some things that are, that are out there that are a little more pushing the art limits like uh, David Lynch or something. Do we ever get to that point or, or, you know, or, you know, horror movies like Cronenberg or, you know, other people that have pushed the envelope, John Carpenter and others, you know, can we get back to some of that? Something that challenges a, a person, something that you can go out after the film and have a meal and just talk. What do you think that they were trying to say? And I just love having those discussions afterwards. Don't you? 
It's terrible. So they do a disservice. You know, and here's Matt Damon leading the way. There's this little punk that I couldn't even, you know, I mean, he's like the opposite of a leading man. I mean, you know, his buddy Ben Affleck's a little different, tall, handsome, whatever, and he's he's losing he's losing his looks fast now, folks. Better see him <laughs> before they have to go AI on it. But uh, now I just I just look at it like um, some people are saying it'll burn it won't burn to the ground because because Hollywood is corporate. It's part of the international corporate, you know, Larry Fink really runs Hollywood, you know what I mean? Along with his Chinese brethren, with his Chinese buddies, you know, hoping to lull you into wanting to have a credit score and have programmable currency. That's basically what it is. But again, you know, I, I just, I guess I just don't watch Netflix anymore and I don't watch Prime anymore because after you've been burned, like, you know, 10 movies in a row, you just go, you know, I just, maybe I just don't need this. You know, I, I, I like the film festivals because they're putting on challenging material that makes the audience go, hey, what's that? And then the filmmaker wows the, the audience and then can't find a distributor because they're afraid that the content might be too controversial, that the, you know, the Chinese rulers might, you know, hit, hit them with a ruler or something on the wrist. You know, I'm I'm just... You know, it's just, it's become a, you know, Hollywood is really a joke. And the people in it are themselves, you know, clown world jokes. They're just, you know, grab ass, greedy little fuckers. And all they want to do is, you know, hold it up. And they say they're doing this for the little guy and the little equity guy that works in the, you know, equity theater, 99-seat theater, and he needs to be paid a decent wage, and he can't feed his family. Like, they really care about anybody but themselves. No way. When you're that rich, you don't think of anyone but yourself. That's all you think about, and your own preservation. And you don't want to slip below where you are income-wise because the other guy might get ahead. So that's that's what these the stars think about. They think about that, and then they think about you know, conforming their children so that very important. That's you see a lot of me. You go, you know, they all all you know have at least one boy that they turn into transgender. Yeah, because that's the trend right now. And if you don't do that, you ain't working. You don't do that to one of your kids or two of your kids, or you don't change your kids. Your kids act up. Your kids have an independent voice. Your kids want to know what's going on with this world. Your kids are turning out to be not quite happy with the situation, and you yourself as an actor, will be punished. Why don't you strike about that? And But the reason they don't strike about that is because they're all too happy to conform their kids and to force them you know, to, to, to change or throw them in mental hospitals. And that's, that's the way of Beverly Hills. That's the way it is. God, I've spent my whole life uh, exposing this. You know, they don't like the way you're thinking. They've got a nice psychiatrist to, you know, they'll just call you a, you know, a transphobe, a homophobe, a, you know, a white nationalist, and you need to go get reprogrammed. And they'll stick you in a, a place until you conform, and then you go out with your parents, who are, maybe one of them's a famous actor or actress, and you go out to the party as a teenager, and you... uh say all the right things, and everyone goes, oh, isn't that nice how lovely your children are? You know, because they're so stupid now that uh, they won't be a problem for anybody. So therefore, you get a pass and your career goes up. Advance yourself another couple of steps 
you've just destroyed your children, so that's a big pop for you. Maybe you'll wind up lucky and they'll wind up committing suicide. That would be excellent, wouldn't it? Then, then people would feel sorry for you, and then maybe, you know, well, that, that might be too much. They might think you're cursed and not give you a role. Anyway, the other thing about actors and actresses is um, the level of narcissism on a day-to-day basis. If You know, they just don't act like regular people in front of other people, and um, they're just superior to you. And they go around with that, you know, pride and superiority all day long. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, um, and what they want now is money. And the thing is, if there is a way for the world that embraces cinema, and, and you know, I'm, I'm okay with any content. I mean, if you want to have, you know, uh, a theater with, you know, pushing communism or LGBTQ and all that, I don't, that's fine. You know, free, be free, be, you express yourself. I'm good with all of it. You know, I got, I got, uh, you know, people in mind, gay people, trans people, all kinds of people, you know, all kinds of colors, everything. And I just let these, you know, it's really, to me, about the character, what's inside a person. Of course, that's an obsolete concept, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting here with my oxygen going. Yeah, man, I got to go see the doctor later. And I took a look at the, the, things that were wrong with me. There's, they have a list on my chart. And uh, the list goes on and on and on. You know, I didn't realize this. I had renal failure, which is kidney failure. I had, uh, uh, you know, um, just just a million things, you know, the, the uh, you know, bacterial infection, this, that. And then at the end of the chart, you know, they had... Maybe 15 things wrong with me. You know, they diagnosed me as a diabetic, which was incorrect because I take my uh, blood glucose and my blood glucose comes in low. If anything, I have a tendency toward hypoglycemia. They go, well, that could be because you're a diabetic. I said, well, only if you're doing insulin that takes your blood sugar down in your bloodstream. And if that's not the case, if you're not doing insulin and you're getting that kind of reading, you know, low, you know, five, you know, four and a half, something like that. Uh, you ain't, you know, you're no diabetic, but they have me and they're never going to, listen, they're not going to change it. To them, I'm just a diabetic. They also, you know, suspect I'm an alcoholic and they won't let that go either. They can't write that in the chart unless I were to, you know, admit it. And they tested my liver on this like nuclear medicine machine and I couldn't find anything wrong with it. So they're on the hunt to just ruin people. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about my, my problem, you know, the things that I do have, the few things I do have that I need to fix. And uh, the main one is a bladder problem. And I just, uh, um, you know, what happened there is I was battling a, you know, a swollen prostate for about 20 years where it was difficult to pee. And... You know, I would, I'd get pee out, you know what I mean? But it would never really be enough, so it was, you know, backing up. And eventually that clipped me. That's what got me. And that ruined all my vault. My heart, I had a, a, a you know, afib, afibulosis, uh, atrial fibulosis. 
when I went in there, but I haven't had it since. Of course, they put me on um, a couple of medications for that, and they have no intention of ever taking me off of it. So I was looking into Chinese medicine, and I found the cure. They have a cure they've been using for, you know, a thousand years. And um, people report that they are feeling better. Their AFib is not acting up. Mine's not acting up at all. You know my 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 blood pressure is today? It's like 120 over, over, over 75. 120 over 75 for, for a guy my age. I don't know if you realize what that is. And, um, you know, my uh, oxygen, which they say I had hypoxia. Now I'm labeled with hypoxia. That means not enough oxygen in your bloodstream. When you breathe, you don't, you're not producing oxygen. Okay, so what's my oxygen level every single day? It's between 95 and 99%. And yet I'm on oxygen right now because I, I'm on it forever, for life. Now, what's wrong with this picture? See, I'm going to have to do something because they're forcing me to, right? Because they're not being attentive, because they're not paying attention. They're not, they're not retesting. They're going off old data. And if that happens today in this clown, clown world, you know, medicine establishment with this uh, joke of a doctor that we're going to see, if that happens, I'm just getting up and walking out. I've, I've had it. I've, I've, I've had enough of, of all their pharmacia and their Satanism and their child trafficking and their stupid laws and the stupid world that they've created here. Because it's stupid. It's just like the actors are mainly stupid. But here's what they really are. Totally insecure. They're insecure and they're stupid. And, um, you know, they're challenged. So all they can do is do what they're told. So what happened is Christopher Nolan screened his picture and, you know, Oppenheimer and had, you know, the usual names. Name, 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 name. Oh, is that a better actor? No, it's not a better actor, but it's a name. That ensures that you'll be successful. Yeah, oh, great. What a sick game that is. And they go to the screening of Oppenheimer, and when the strike hit, led by Matt the Idiot Damon, he gets up and he walks out, and all the actors walk out with him, leaving Christopher Nolan to do the Q&A with the audience all by himself. They abandon their director. That is just uh, rich. They'd have nothing to celebrate without, you know, uh, uh, you know, a great director. You know what? I, I, I can't. I, I just. I, I, what, what is this? What is this? You want to pay Matt Damon more money? For what? He totally lost it in the, uh, you know, the Michael Jordan uh, movie. He was, he was, you know, him and his buddy Ben Affleck. You know, Ben Affleck was a, was a loser in there, and so was he. He just became a middle-aged, pot-bellied guy that, uh, you know, was very low-key and trying to get, you know, the Michael Jordan sign for the Air Jordan shoes. And there was a story about that, about how Nike got that contract, that he, would, he was persistent. And it was just like, why am I watching this? What value does this have at all? Who cares? The answer is nobody. And if you do care, then 
your life is a waste. If that's all you care about is how Michael Jordan signed with Nike, then you've got a real problem here. Or you're such a dolt, they don't have to worry about you. They just know that whatever they tell you to do, you'll just do it. So, you know, led by Matt Damon, you know, king of the conformists. Now, he's being a big vocal guy in the strike, and, you know, Jane Fonda's there. Of course, Jane Fonda's at every protest. And they're having all these self-aggrandizing speeches about how great they are and how awful Trump is. And I, I just, you know, it, it, the, the idiocy, the idiocracy of America has gotten uh, to the point. Now, I didn't die because I fought my way back. And I was close. A couple of times the last few weeks I've been close to death. And Trish was close, too, in the car, car the other day. We almost lost it had I not maintained control. But, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fighting back by writing a uh, novel called Witch World. That's at least the working title. And this is a, you know, a first draft being written live in front of an audience, you, the world. And I don't care if there's, you know, it doesn't matter if there's, you know, a couple hundred people reading. That's fine. You know, 200, 300, 1,000, 50, 10, doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm doing a performance art live. I was led to do that, and it's hard to do. Because, but what the good thing about it is, is that when you know there's an audience there, you, you, you change. You, the, your decisions that you make within the prose, within the use of the phraseology, within the scenes, is a little bit different. It's more intense. It's more like, you know, more alive to me. It's more dramatic. It's more dynamic. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of the subtleties that uh, uh, we want to put in, I, I'll probably put in... Uh, no. I'll put in... Um, after it's over, after the live thing is over. But, you know, there's like chapter seven's going on now. Just just is starting. Probably write a little bit on it today and then kind of hit it tomorrow. And then, and, and there's a goal. The goal is, is um, you know, to publish it. And that means that it's going to be downloaded completely from Substack. Substack will be erased at that point um, because it will no longer be valid. It, you know, then I'll start working on it in private and get editing on it and uh, get it up to the point where we can uh, publish it. And then we'll see about, you know, if there's any other ancillary purpose I, I think it's um it's a crazy um you know the thing about the, the the book is it's 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 it feels so real to me that last night I did a little podcast on Substack where I was just like thank god you guys are there because I just feel like you know it's it's hard to be all alone with this kind of material you know <laughs> because and not because it's scary that they're, you're dealing with people that don't care about life and they're, you know, slicing dice and chopping up flesh and, you know, fornicating with anything that moves and, you know, all, all, all kind of depravity. That's not what, what's scary. What's scary is the, um, is the luring into hypnotic states and, and, and supernatural states of being because of being sick 
and um you know and then and then being you know led into certain truths and then you know in this case i think the character's based on me it's not me his name is zeph and he 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 eventually is just brought to the idea that you know what do you you know can you help us and he's being reminded by you know there's there's and there's angelic and demonic both in there and you know he's sort of being you know recruited but you know it's almost as if both sides are trying to recruit him for something and it's about a hospital and all the things that went on in the hospital the ivs the monitors the the the, the trans you know the transporter guys the uh the people that are backing the main nurse the, who's the who's the uh the head doctor um the uselessness of medication and you know the 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 rigor of of nurses that are forcing you to comply the the fact that they have you know access to humiliate you to your to your naked body your nakedness your genitals all that and they just uh you know, if they want to, if they get in order to give you a dry bath in your bed, you just, you know, that's just it. You just, you know, comply. And if, you know, you try to fight them, then, you know, you will eventually they refer you to a shrink. So you're, you know, it's, uh, the system is completely broken. The hospital is a place that um, I think people go to die or to get worse for sure. Like if you go there with with a mild form of cancer, you end up you know dying from a big form of cancer, right? So, you know, I'm looking at alternatives right now. I'm 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 so thoroughly disgusted with with America that I I and and with the 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 absolute complete lack of intelligence of of most sentient beings in my in my view that I find it hard not to just simply laugh when I walk down the street. Or hobble down the street. I have a, my back's gone out because of, you know, some of this stuff. And, um, you know, they, they don't really care about that. And there's some, you know, kind of permanent problems and medical issues that I may have the rest of my life and, and, uh, however long that is from here, um, that, that are, you know, they're not their fault. It's, these are, you know, this is because I held out a long time before I went and got help. And then when they did help me, they, uh, I think they, 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 they did help and they heard at the same time. So, you know, I'm, you know, like I say, the reason I'm talking about it today is that I don't want to talk about it so much, but it's because I've got to stop this podcast and go and, and deal with them, with them today. And when this clown, you know, reads my chart and sees all that stuff, they're going to probably want to put me in the, you know what I mean? It, it looks really bad, you know, like I'm a terminal. And um, they don't correct it. They don't correct it like, okay. Zeph now reports that, you know, hey, blood pressure back to normal. 120 over 84. Oh, not bad, Zeph. Now, you don't see that in the chart. Pulse, 72. You don't see that in the chart. Blood oxygen, 97%. You don't see that in the chart. So hypoxia, high blood pressure, AFib, all that is gone. 
You don't see that in the chart. I'm still sick. Well, you know what's going to happen today if it goes bad. It's just like, goodbye. I want to find another country. This country is done. It's going to go the way of Hollywood, the way of San Francisco, and it's going to be uninhabitable because people won't stop. They just won't stop. They won't stop being stupid. They just won't do it. And they all know everything. They all know about all the human trafficking and all that stuff. They know about it all. It's been going on when I was a boy. It was going on in Beverly Hills. And, you know, in the West Side and in, in, uh, amongst people that went to private prep schools and things like that. Yeah, it was going on. People had their affiliations and their covens and their Satanism and all their crap. You know, I mean, the casting couch was famous in Hollywood and that, you know, basically inducting children into pedophilia in exchange for possible, uh, possibly becoming a, a star or something like that. That was an old Faustian uh, bargain that was on the table from day one. Everybody knows that. So why this Pollyanna stuff? Oh, oh I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh, I just didn't know till I saw the sound of freedom, and now my eyes have been opened. Who says something stupid like that? That's ridiculous. My eyes are finally open. I We have a real problem. <laughs> really? You really thought it was a Norman Rockwell painting? You really thought it was Leave it to Beaver? And they'll tell you straight out, if you go to a prep school, you know, you're going to have to play ball. The most important thing you learn here is how to play ball with your, with your elders and your seniors and your bosses and, you know, climbing the ladder, the social ladder. If you don't learn anything else, that's the one thing you need to learn in order to survive because it's dog-eat-dog out there. So, you know, when you sell out, you better sell out in 15 seconds. You don't, they're not going to give you more than one meeting. And if you don't find a way to, uh, you know, get down in that meeting, you are going to be out. And then they're, they're just going to shun you and they won't talk to you. And you'll just be like, I don't know what happened. I've, I worked real hard and I'm, I'm the best at this and the best at that. And then just passed over me. That's right. They just pass over you because, you see, they don't have to deal with you. Because if they deal with you, then they have to answer for it. And if they have to answer for it, they got to say, well, where did you come from? And then who are you affiliated with? And then if you don't have an answer to that, then they get in trouble. So it's rigged from the get-go. You know? And these actors are walking around like they deserve something. (laughs) I deserve it. I deserve a raise. And that, it's just, it's absolutely incredible to me. Uh, you know, nobody disparages actors from being able to buy a nice five-bedroom house in Beverly Hills, the pool and tennis court, and, you know, have a private chauffeur driving around, even an airplane or a yacht or whatever. No, that's fine. But when it has to be, when it starts getting into more than that, more than, it's something else, some other thing driving it. Sure, people want to be rich and they think the acting game is the way to do it, and then they they feel they're slipping back now, so they have to strike, plus their brethren their brothers and sisters in lower levels, like they make $10 million a picture, and their friend makes, uh, you know, scale. 
union wage. Right? And so they strike on behalf of their brethren. Aren't they being so generous to lend their voices to the strike? And the strike, just like the past strikes we've had, I remember the Writers Guild strike we had before, never affected me because I never joined the Writers Guild. I, I was eligible to join, but I did not join. It just be, I was a member of the Musicians uh, Union at one point. And I saw that was a you know complete waste of my time, so that was the end of that. That was AFL-CIO, I think, the Musicians' Union, yeah. Pretty hardcore. And did they do anything about the club owners when they wanted to go disco and throw out the live band? Nope. Well, then what good were they? How come I'm paying dues if, they don't, if they're not you know, helping to get venues for us to play in? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? And questions like that make me leave. Because when there's no answer and you're supposed to just eat it, then what, they want you to pay the dues, but they don't want to do any work for it. And so every once in a while, they have to stage a big actor's strike or a big writer's thing or something that disrupts Hollywood. Oh, my favorite Disney show won't be on. Oh, no. And we're just starting to have all this fun with the whole, the whole rainbow thing. And, you know, it's all just... You know, everybody just uh, is everything, and everybody loves everybody, and it's just one big, wonderful, uh, you know, big, you know, traffic. You know, children are not uh, belonging to their parents. They belong to the state, and they belong to the uh, brothels, and they belong to the uh, pimps, and they belong to the traffickers, and they belong to the cartels, and they belong to everybody, just not their parents. And if they die, well, we have too many people anyway. Don't you see? So at least they're being used for the good, you know, satisfying the urges of of lust-filled perverts. And I can think of uh, a million vigilante plays here. (laughs) Yeah, vigilante justice would be wonderful. I would love to see, you know, a vigilante movie about just uh, none of this rescuing the children. I mean, it was rescuing the children, but... uh, Blowing away all the uh, perps while rescuing the children and leaving just you know a pile of bodies to you know just you know you know everywhere you know our our phantom hero goes. Sure, that would be wonderful. But see, something like that, the public would be outraged about. They want to give their children over to the authorities. They want to have the teachers uh, determine the gender of the child. They want to be told what to do, and they also want sexual access to their own children. Let's face it, uh, unless you uh, have sex with your children, they're not going to let you in the club. And I could go on, but I, I'm, I'm not, you know, this is all stuff you know anyway. In the book, I'm, I'm you know, kind of making it more art rather than just literal, you know, uh, you, know you, you see that they... They're, they're very predatory in there, you know, when it comes to your, any kind of boundary you might have. You've got this little robe on where it's open at the back, and then, you know, they, they come in and, and mess around with you. You know, they come in at 3 in the morning to wake you up, and then, you know, they have access, and you can't really fight back, and it's, you know, it's a totally abusive situation. <laughs> so, um, 
Good luck to any of you who have to go through that. And if you do get hospitalized, I'm hoping that you have a decent experience rather than this sort of post-COVID-19 experience. Oh, the other thing on my chart, they're telling me, they're saying that I, I need to get vaccinated. And they're suggesting pneumonia, flu, and COVID on my chart. These are, these are overdue, they're saying. Who are these fucking people, man? Overdue? Who are they to push these death shots? You know, I, I, it's, it's insane. So, I, you know, I don't see how much longer I can go, but then again, I don't want to die. I mean, they did keep me alive. So, jeez, uh, man, I'm caught in a bind. And you guys got to pray for me to get out of this bind because I'm in a bind, man. Real bind. A bind for these people have me in a, in a, they got me in a headlock. You know, I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. I can't get out of there. I, you know, I, I need them for, at least for the urology department, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know if my bladder will ever work again. And if, if that's the case, then there's, then there's, you know, there's workarounds, but it's, you know, it's, it's unpleasant, but it's, uh, I'll do it. No problem. You know, it's just like someone that ends up in a wheelchair. Um, you know, but I had my whole life to run around and do whatever I wanted. And so I'm, you know, this is the old age part. But having said that, and then of course, all the things that go along with that, which is, you know, you can get infected and, you know, then you have to take antibiotics and then, you know, you're in this constant infection loop and, uh, that's what led to being hospitalized the first. I mean, it's it's a round and round. Like I say, now I've got oxygen. There is no end to my oxygen. I could get ninety nine on the oxygen test. Ninety nine, and oh no, you still need. It says here on the chart you need more oxygen, but I just scored ninety nine on my blood oxygen. Uh, that that test may not be real. Put your finger in this thing, and then it reads like you know ninety. And like it reads ninety because it needs to warm up to give you the right. Because I have one of those, and they're not as accurate as my, I have a watch that tells me. And it's more accurate because it stays on your wrist, so it stays at the right temperature. Without the right temperature, you're not going to get the right reading. Hey, Jeff? Yeah. Does that keep track of the vitals? I mean, a record of them? It, it can if you wanted to. You should, you should install that. Jack says that's very important. Well, then I, yeah, I've got to learn how to do that. You got to program it on your phone. Okay, do that. That's important. I know. So you can go tell them. Here's my, here's my data. Yeah, here's my data. You know, every single day I'm I'm 97 percent. You know, on on blood oxygen, and uh, I'm taking it right now. They have alarms too. If you're if you're um, if your body sinks below a certain level, you know, like your heart rate or anything gets out of whack, you get a you get an alert. So I have to have this because I'm, you know, um, because I had all these things wrong. And so that, you know, the only way to keep checking it is to keep on with this. 
but um, we'll see. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm of sound mind, I think. I'm a little bit pissy, though, and I'm sorry about that. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just angry um, because of the absurdity of everything that I see, you know, whether it's the Ukraine war, the, the, the threats of another pandemic, Bill Gates running around trying to block the sun, um, you know, the cocaine in the White House, the... Uh, you know, the digitization of currency and the destruction of the of the economy while they're calling it the greatest economy of all time. I, I just really can't, you know what I mean? I'm just really, in a sense, I feel like Mel Gibson in the, uh, you know, we were once were soldiers where he just had to call in the, um, the airstrike and, and he was going to be uh, killed with calling it in because he was in the middle of the strike zone. But it was a lost cause. For, for you know, if he didn't do that, there'd be a lot more people dying, a lot more of his you know team dying, his soldiers, his side, and so he called it in heroically, and uh, he got blown up in the process. And you know, you almost feel like that when you look around. You look at every single thing. You wonder how could someone get to that level of of uselessness, of of of. Um, of, you know, being a half-wit. How did they get to be a half-wit? How did they get to be so uneducated? How did they get to be so lacking in common sense? How did they become so, you know, brainwashed that they, that they think everything that they hear is wonderful? How did they get to the point where they think this is a big playground for them to enjoy themselves? How did they... How? How did that happen? You know, and I'm hoping that over the months and over the years, I guess years now, it's going to take years to get out of this because it's gone so far because good people did nothing. You did nothing. One guy going out and freeing a few uh, child slaves is not fixing it. Trump did better than that when he had the uh, the month of uh, January as Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And then he was talking about rescuing children, you know, worldwide. And, um, you know, that's the start. Ukraine's the start. That's a big, big uh, place of children. UN's behind a lot of it. It's, 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 it's amazing that we know all the players. We know all their names. Who's Larry Fink? Larry Fink's the Pied Piper behind all of it. He's the guy that makes it work. He's the guy that tells, you know, corporate CEOs and even the customers of these various corporations how to behave. And he's a big, 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 big advocate of, uh, you know, of, uh, you know, the trans movement and, you know, communism and, you know, the corporatocracy and fascism and every other thing, every other evil thing you can think of, he's behind it. And so we, 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 we know who the players are. You know, Soros has had a long run. He retired. No one even laid a glove on him. Of course not. Now his son is taking over, and he's going full gangbusters. No one lays a glove on him. And now the military is completely tainted and ruined. And no one laid a glove on that John Kirby guy. And no one's done anything about anything. And that's why I'm be the lone voice in the wilderness here. You know, I'm not screaming, they're, they're all awakening, we're going to win. I'm not screaming that. Ow, what are you doing? They do lose. I mean, in the end, I mean, they're losers right now. So why join them?
okay, that's the end of the rant. Um, maybe I'd just be better off just, uh, you know, hermiting myself into a hermit, hermit the frog situation in my hermit world of, of literary, you know, of, of writing and just stay in there. You know what I mean? And let it come out metaphorically, let it come out lyrically, let it come out, uh, you know, uh, with verisimilitude, let it come out with, uh, you know, uh, you know, false narrators and, and, you know, different outcomes and, you know, some clever plotting if possible, you know, to, to let the, uh, the brain power be put into that. I talk on the internet here and, and I'm not sure what my purpose is or what I'm trying to accomplish other than just creating a fellowship you know that we agree on these things and we're, we're, we're all frustrated and we're trying to find a way out we're trying desperately desperately every single day every moment of every waking hour we're trying to find a way out and many people are you know addicted to drugs and drinking and all this because they need relief and they don't give relief anymore. There's no more pain pills being given out. There's no more drugs to be had. So people are stuck with, you know, since COVID at the liquor store and they, they've got to have that drink if for no other, other reason just to not go insane. Then that creates problems. You know, we all know, you know, where that leads and that leads the wrong direction. So, you know, in health... And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's this, this terrible, terrible, terrible thing. I, I just don't think we should accept it. I can't stand people working on something. You know, I'm working over here on my, you know, my clients and their insurance policies. Well, for what? Uh, you know, what? You know, another thing I noticed is that when I'm driving, I notice a lot less cars on the freeway. Don't you think that's weird? I don't notice the uh, traffic we used to have a few years ago. Um, yeah, don't notice. Just go to sleep, Zeph. Nothing to see here. Plus, besides, raising your voice isn't going to do anything. Everyone's just going to ignore you. They're, you know, you just make yourself a candidate for psychiatric care, that's all you're going to do. You're just going to bring trouble on yourself, you know, by uh, complaining. So I wish there would just be one avenue of fight back somewhere. If there could just be one avenue to fight for what's right. And what's right is... Goodness, principles of the Bible, doing to others, you know, kindness. And I, I suppose um, mocking people that are he headlong into Satan and heading down that direction. I uh, started, I was watching the remake of The Stand, you know, Stephen King's The Stand. And I got to the point where they got to Vegas and basically they had like a gladiator arena where they just kill people all day long. And nobody batted an eye. And I just thought, isn't that perfect? They're all caught up in this and they all want to, you know, 
the favor of the devil, and everybody wants the devil, uh, Mr. Flag, Mr. Flag. They want Mr. Flag's favor. They all want the devil. Nobody wants God. Whoopi Goldberg plays a kind of a, a, pro, a prophetess in it, and she's trying to figure out what God's will is, but everybody's jumping the gun trying to get the favor of this, this flag guy, you know, the devil, and they're just not even listening about God anymore. And then they're trying to vote. Now they're going back to voting again. And making, you know, I saw that same scene I uh, applauded before where they, somebody says, well, aren't we making the same mistake we made before with the, you know, voting and having delegates and having representatives? And it always just leads to corruption. And, um, you know, the answer to that is, I guess we have to look inside and just say, hey, look, the human being is what it is. It's just that some people, like the people I know, um, are not stupid and they're not um they 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 have common sense and they just basically have a, a you know basic good nature about them and i you know it's it, it's not anything exotic or that that you have to really work on they're just that way and i guess what i'm wrong about is thinking that the nation or the world has people in it like that and i think you guys are probably very special because you're not like the world. You're not like them. And and I'm not like them. I don't want to... Uh, you know, when I was young, I you know, the last thing I, I'm going to do is, you know, uh, conform to this. It was just one big pedophile uh, exercise, you know, with, with, with us kids. And... And that was the, the the way to success. And, you know, the parents were like, well, if you don't do this, we'll toss you in a mental hospital. And so a lot of the kids, you know, they, they, they might have gone along with it. Most of all the kids got sexualized at a young age, just like today. Nothing new today. But then a few, quite a few, broke away and didn't want anything to do with it. And then they got punished for it. This This was... You know, when I was about five years old. And it was just like a normal thing. And everybody, the whole block, the whole world, the whole the whole universe knew about that. And then when I made a complaint, I said, you know, I just don't think that, uh, you know, these guys shouldn't be like raping people and doing things. It goes, well, that happens to everyone. You know, it's like, oh, I see. So just grin and bear it, huh? But it's not really grinning and bearing it. I, I lost my daughter due to that kind of thing, due to abuse of adults on her. Is that fun? Good? Yeah, nice? Yeah, we lost my daughter because she got hardwired into wanting abuse, and she wanted to be loved, not abused. And she couldn't make that turn. So she got very depressed and very phobic and very messed up. And then she jumped off a giant bridge in uh, somewhere in Tuscany and, um, you know, wound up uh, paying the price for um, not being supervised as a child. From, from letting, uh, you know, adults have their way with her. Of course, they didn't just want their way with her. They wanted to, you know, torture her. 
And I just find this to be, you know, unbelievable. But this is the big, big thing that affects every single neighborhood in America. All people know everything about it. There is no need for a great awakening. If I leave you with anything, that's my one observation that I know is true. That people know what's going on, but they choose to hide or go along or just nod and wink and signal that they're on the wrong side and then they're taken care of. And, you know, they believe that if they just play along, they will eventually be able to retire and go have their little lives. But it never works out that way. They get sick. They get hurt. Things happen. And um, it's just like what happened with, with the, uh, you know, in the stand with Whoopi Goldberg. It's not, not the best movie in the world, but, it, you know, it's decent. Where she, um, you know, said, well, wait, I have to find out what God's will is. Is it God's will we go to Las Vegas or not? Maybe it's his will to stay back for a while. You want to send spies in, send spies into Vegas and spy, but you're really just attracted to the devil, aren't you? And so everything kind of went south there. They wouldn't wait. They wouldn't be patient. They wouldn't wait on the Lord. They wouldn't, they believed her, she led them all this way, and then suddenly they didn't believe her anymore. And they ignored her. I just think that's very interesting. Galatians 6 7, folks. Galatians 6 7. That, that's going to be the, the will of the day. I mean, I'm a man of God. I'm 100% sold out to the Lord. I'm 100% Jesus. Uh, you know, the way, the truth, and the life. And um, it's true. No man comes to the Father. You know, um, without the Lord, without Jesus, it's 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 just the the mechanism is explained in John seventeen, where the people, the lambs were give, people were given to Jesus, and then that becomes like the baptism. You know, what I mean, they're given to Jesus, and Jesus protects them for the Father. He takes them in, kind of like an orphanage almost. And, you know, and then he, he, it's his job to, to, to lead, to be the shepherd, to lead those people. And uh, unless you come through that, yank, you're not going to get God direct. And the New Agers have been trying that for years. The, all the people that have tried that wound up in their own uh, worshiping Lucifer. <laughs> they all wound up worshiping themselves. They all ended up worshiping their own apotheosis, which will never happen. They all wanted to be like Larry Fink. They all just wanted to, you know, think that wealth and power uh, was the thing that distinguished them, that made them uh, special, that made them like gods. They all thought if they're gods, they don't have to answer to anyone. But if the Lord said, you know, I'm going to block the way to eternity and to endless life, because otherwise you would be like gods and know what we know. Talking about God and the plural, the Elohim. You know what we know, and we can't have that. So a big cherub was put there at the, at the gate to eternity, blocking the tree of life. The tree of life, the tree of eternal life. And the whole purpose of that is 
to prevent man from, um, you know, uh, becoming a false god, a failed god, a, a fallen angel type, uh, incomplete, and then part of the problem. Promising human, the world, everything human wants to go to be in Star Trek or something. Promising human some, you know, cockamamie thing. And then reneging on it, you know, at the last minute. Like, you know, Noel Harari and these guys, Schwab and all these uh, fools are going to find out that um, the people they've been listening to, the off-world types, the uh, so-called aliens, the Ant-Men, whatever you want to call them, have um, deceived the Klaus Schwab's have deceived the WEF, have deceived the UN, have deceived Larry Fink and all the corporate leaders. They've deceived everyone. And the, and the Bible calls them, you know, Babylon, Queen of Babylon, and that everyone has to fornicate with her. Yes, that's the initiation to be accepted, fornication. That's giving your soul and your consent to Babylon. And then all the trading, and they all became zillionaires because of it. And then all of a sudden it just stops. And they have nothing and no one to trade with. It all just ends. And Babylon falls. And everybody screams Babylon has fallen. But what Babylon's made up of it are the, you know, the aliens, the demons, the, the, you know, the dragon, all of that into one thing, the horror, the hydra. You know, riding the seven, seven-headed hydra that you cut off one head and no one, another one grows back. You know, it's all metaphorical. It's all to, to, to make you understand that this is a huge system it's a it's a you know it's it's you as a meek person won't be able to make war with the beast so let's talk about what god's going to do god's going to right now um he's you know basically take out things that shouldn't be there so we're watching the hollywood thing although i kind of think they'll probably you know repair it at the last minute like they always do but if they don't then that's going to be the hand of god San Francisco looks pretty much like the hand of God to me. You know, well-deserved, by the way, totally corrupt place. And now San Francisco is reaping what it has sown. And had a bunch of very wealthy people sitting there watching the homeless and laughing at the people on the street, you know, putting needles in their arm and getting people addicted and having people just prostituting themselves and doing anything for drugs and moving in on the street and laughing at the homeless and putting their noses up in the air. And now, now they get their comeuppance. Hilton Hotels is shut down there. Other hotel companies are shutting down. Everybody is leaving. It's going to be a ghost town. I think that's really much more what's going on and also the idea of AI getting to the point where um, even these guys who are the so-called leaders aren't going to be able to lead anymore and, uh, and all that. But... Anyway, um, you can hear all the same thing on anyone else's podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and just give it up to the Lord and just, uh, you know, have the Lord lead me and being able to um, let you know. And I'll probably do it in the book. You know, just, just, I can get deeper into the prophetic in the book, deeper into the spirit, and uh, then I can hear... Um, but if the Lord gives me something, 
like today regarding San Francisco or other places or whatever, if I, if I can get ahead of this thing, but it just feels like I can't. You know what I mean? I feel buried by it, kind of. And um, I feel really bad. I guess I feel what I feel bad about is I feel bad at what's going to happen to these people, you know? And um, what can anyone do? Uh, okay, let's go with another one with uh, Trish here. And uh, let's go with Psalm 2. No worries. We're going we're gonna to have, you know, we're going to find some happiness somewhere out of this. We'll see you next time.
His wrath can flare up in a moment Blessed are all who take refuge in Him Why do the nations conspire And the kings plot in vain The kings of the earth rise up And the rulers band together Against the Lord and against His anointed The one in heaven, He laughs at them Lord scoffs at them, rebukes them in his 